Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with my co-host, Ashvin. And today we're talking about Dawn of the Dead from 1978, written and directed by George Romero, starring Ken Forey, Scott Renninger, David M.G., and Galen Ross. And I picked this because it's a classic zombie movie, and I had only seen it once before, I think, like 10 years ago, and I remember loving it. Uh, Cliffhanger to see if I still do. Ashwin, had you... You hadn't seen this, right? No, you know, I'd seen the remake that came out in like 2003 or four. Was that right? Yeah, 2004. Yeah, I remember like liking that a lot, but no, I don't think I ever saw the original material. In fact, I, I, never, I never even saw the prequel to this. I think you had sent it to me on a DVD maybe a few years ago. Is that right? Yeah, we actually did it as a part of this little club pre-podcast. Oh, oh that was you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have... Yeah. No, yeah. So the, 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 this is kind of my, uh, I guess the, this is only the second George Romero movie I've seen then. So have you seen the whole series or? I've seen all of them but one. Okay. Which one? Um. So he's got four of them. Wait, five of them? Where's my little list? So Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Dawn of the Dead, what we're talking about today, that was from 1978. Day of the Dead from 1985. Land of the Dead, 2005. Diary of the Dead 2007 and Survival of the Dead 2009. Wow. I haven't seen Survival of the Dead, this latest one. And and you've seen all the other ones? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That that seems like a pretty long span. Like, are they pretty consistent? Like, starting from the 60s to, like, 2009? Uh, Let's see. It was a 10-year gap, then a 7-year gap, and then, like, a 20-year gap. Yeah. Then two-year gaps after that. Yeah, that's a, that's a long-running franchise. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. With a long break. Um, is this one, uh, like, given all the Dawn of the Deads or whatever, or whatever of the Deads, is there a reason you picked this one out of, like, all the other ones? I think because we had already, A, we had already watched Night of the Living Dead, and B, this one is often considered, like, the best zombie movie. I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of lists have it some have night of the living dead some have this yeah so interesting i figured we better tackle it yeah ah, this, this is a good pick nice to always catch up on these classics yeah for sure uh for the listeners quick plot synopsis before we get into the spoiler laden detailed plot synopsis uh four friends seek refuge from a zombie outbreak inside a deserted shopping mall and I don't know about you, man, but I've always like had this weird, like it's like a childhood fantasy to be locked in a place <laughs> after hours where you can just yeah. have like free reign of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. This movie really kind of hit on that, right? Like I, I feel like there are like so many montages of just like them going nuts inside of this this mall. Yeah, they're like having fun. Yeah, just like kid in a candy store. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, wasn't there another zombie movie? And this one is more of a comedy with, like, Woody Harrelson. And, like, they were in a zombie uh, attack or whatever, but they were in an amusement park or something. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Zombieland. Zombieland, yeah, yeah. So I wonder yeah. if that goes, like, hand-in-hand with zombies. Like, this idea of, like, being in a place and locked into a place that you love and just, like, hanging out there. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones I've seen like that. I can't. 
Yeah. Because even that, like, amusement park scene is very brief. It's not like the whole movie takes place there. That's true. That's true. That is just at the end. Yeah, usually, I guess, people are usually just kind of on the run or, like, in hunkered down in an apartment or, like, driving somewhere or something. Yeah. Did you ever see there's an Are You Afraid of the Dark where a kid gets, like, he's obsessed with pinball and then he's, like, inside the pinball game and it's in a mall? (laughs) Oh, my God. The pinball game is in a mall? Yeah. Wow. No, that's awesome. I haven't seen that. Wait, so, like, the pinball setting is a mall setting? I don't think, like, the actual game he's playing is a mall, but, like, he's playing in an arcade in the mall, and then he leaves the arcade, and the mall has, like, turned into the pinball game. Oh, oh, interesting. It's wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, the fun fun part about zombies is the apocalypse. Yeah, for sure. I... I would think the the coolest place to get stuck in a zombie attack. I, I think about this every time I go here. Uh, Costco. You ever go there? <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever been to a Costco just because there's no, not one nearby. I'm sure I probably have oh, at some yeah. point, but I've been to Sam's Club. Yeah, I, f- I feel like it's the new kind of mall because these days you go to a mall and like what's in there? It's just like a bunch of old people walking around because they're trying to get their steps in, and all, all the stores are closing. So I feel like the modern yeah. day equivalent of being stuck in like a mall, like in this movie, would be maybe a Costco. Yeah, for sure. They should they should use that for the advertising. Or like an outdoor shopping mall seems to be the rage these days Ooh, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Those those are always pretty cool. Or maybe it was like the ridge 10 years ago and it still <laughs> exists. That was like the last time we were at a mall. It's like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the subgenre is pretty self explanatory. It's a zombie movie. And yeah. those are always, almost always apocalyptic as well. Mm-hmm. And it's also debatably a horror comedy. What do you think of the comedy element? Wow. I, di- I didn't pick up on that at all. I mean,. Well, watching like a older movie, I feel like it's easy to think things are funny because and you blame it on like the production or the time. But uh, you, you picked up on like some like uh, some good comedic elements there. Yeah, like I mean, I guess it's hard to tell when some of these older low budget movies are trying to be funny. But I mean, there's definitely explicitly funny parts like the motorcycle gang like pieing zombies in the face with like banana cream pies oh yeah <laughs> and mm-hmm. um like they have some scenes of zombies like fumbling about like they turn on the power in the mall and there's zombies on the escalator that are all like confused oh yeah yep and like zombies in the fountain when the water turns on yeah yeah that's true that's true yeah yeah i guess it is kind of unintentionally funny that, that, that's, that's... but i don't think it's uh, i don't think there's enough comedy to really call it a horror comedy though yeah yep uh, but um, no, you're right. I, th- I think the parts like that, which kind of balance out the seriousness of it. Yeah. Uh, wh- is this, um, I mean, like there've been so many zombie movies now, but w- one of the things in looking at this and, and the series, is this the first, are these like the first zombie movies that were ever made? Yeah. So yes and no. So before this, there were zombie movies, but before George Romero, a zombie was essentially like an undead person like someone who's been brought back but is under mind control by the person who raised it from the dead okay so it's kind of like a voodoo thing and it it wasn't like what we think of as zombies it wasn't necessarily like rotting corpses shuffling it was just like a right almost like a bug-eyed like yes master type thing almost Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, um, like like Frankenstein might have been considered a zombie. Is that right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's debatable, but I think you could work that into that definition. Mm-hmm. He wasn't necessarily under mind control from Doctor Frankenstein, though. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I guess but he was, did his own thing. It's, it, it's similar. So, like George Romero essentially started this concept of like a undead, rotting, shuffling corpse who wants to eat people. I think that's pretty incredible that this dude essentially invented a monster. Yeah. That and is like part of the culture now. Yeah. I mean, how many like zombie movies have there been since since this? I mean, I feel like everywhere you turn every year at least like there's one or two movies that play on the the zombie attack. Actually, on Netflix these days, I've seen like a bunch of zombie films like popping up. So it seems to be like the craze these days. Yeah. Or even like like if you bought children's Halloween candy basket with like sometimes it'll have all these little cartoon monsters on it yeah it'll have like a vampire a wolf man and a ghost and zombie like wow all those other monsters are like centuries old and then you have one that was just invented in the past 50 years it's nuts that's yeah that's pretty fascinating Uh, yeah that's a pretty recent a modern Dave Monster that that's really uh, you know gotten into our culture in a big way. Yeah, and, cool. and it's Good it's job, actually, George. Yeah, and and uh, I feel like the zombie that we see today, uh, yeah, huge influence by by George, and then the the rules around zombies, which is like, um, you know they you know they, they 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 get infected, like they get bitten and then they become a zombie, and then they try to bite you, and then if you, they bite you, you become a zombie. Like it seems like he kind of made up that he, he's the guy who made up these rules that are that we see like represented today. So is that fair to say? Yeah, that's fair. He he set the rules essentially, and then other movies will tweak them and play with them. But yeah, what we all think of as the rules. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, the book on zombies. I, I feel like yeah, he's 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 documented that. And, and, and yeah, you're you're right. Other movies will have tweaks on it, but for the most part, like I feel like it subscribes to what uh, he's laid out in these movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he did it all on a really low budget. Night of the Living Dead was low budget. This one, I think Night of the Living Dead was like 110000 or something. And that that was black and white, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Um, and then this one, the budget numbers I saw were between 500000 and $1.5 million. Okay. And it made $55 million. Wow. So that's pretty huge. Yeah, pretty great. Um, um, and, and Night of the Living Dead, that, that was where they're in the house, like in, in uh, somewhere like by Graveyard maybe or something. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. They're all, yeah. they were essentially in this house that they boarded up and tried to defend themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's amazing. I mean, Cause these movies, these two movies like felt so different. I, I kind of thought, I, I wasn't sure if that was like the, the right Night of the Living Dead or if that was like another movie that was unrelated, but that, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think they are very different, like in tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, plot is somewhat similar, but yeah, they're very. They have a very different feel. Yeah, visually and everything. Uh, yeah, just yeah, super different. The music's really different. Pretty yeah. impressive out of, out of one guy. Uh, For sure. To, to do that. And they're both kind of considered to be commentaries, like cultural commentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Night of the Living Dead. I should have looked up more on Night of the Living Dead, but. One thing that was huge, hugely like known for, was having a black man as the lead. Like he was the hero in this film, and in Night of the Living Dead. 
Oh, it was also Night of the Living Dead. There was a black man as a as the lead. Yeah, yep, and that was 1968. So like nobody wow. did that. It wasn't anyone um, from this film, right? No, no. Okay. So this film, if you're unfamiliar with these movies, it is a sequel, but it's none of the same characters. It's just the same circumstances. Yep. If that all was happening at night, this is now as we're approaching morning the next day mm-hmm. with totally different characters. It's just that this is happening to the yeah. world. Right. Um, Which that, that, yeah, that's a really this, cool way to, to, to tell a story. I feel like, like it's the same story, but different area, different characters. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a cool way to go about a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one is, people say it's a commentary on consumerism. Yeah. And I think George Romero says that too. I think people go a little hard on that because the only commentary on consumerism to me is that like they mention that the zombies are going to the mall because it's what they remember. Like they have some yeah basic memories or they remember this being a place that was important to them. Yep. And the setting is a mall. Mm-hmm. The characters have access to all this stuff that they go through. I mean, yeah, I guess commentary on consumerism, but it's not like it's, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's it's not over the top, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I would yeah. say. There, uh, yeah. But I, I, I do think it was, there, there's a subtle thing. I mean, like, to, to all your points, yeah, it takes place in a mall. Uh, zombies are doing, like, you know, what, what they remember doing and stuff. Uh, there, there was also a part where, you know, like, they, they start to get, like, really fancy. Like, a lot of this movie is, like, them... You know, going nuts in the small, like you know, buying or like shopping at at these stores and trying on all these outfits or ice skating. I mean, this is a pretty great mall and like you know, eating these really fancy dinners. And at some point, like towards like before, like starts getting crazy towards the end. Uh, the the female character kind of like looks around and she's like, you know, what have we become? Doesn't she say that at one point? Yeah. And and it kind of felt like she was reflecting on, uh, on on that and and like their like you know in- inclination or their habit to just turn into these animals who like consume stuff you know and almost putting them in the same way i i thought they were like kind of being put side by side of the zombies uh, and showing like the similarities between how they're consuming all, all the goods and the zombies are consuming people but i don't know yeah. it's it's a stretch yeah no that works man yeah <laughs> i just always wonder what and maybe it's a stupid observation, but I wonder it was the director just trying to make a movie and thought, oh, this is like kind of cool, this commentary. And mm-hmm. all the critics are like, oh, my God, it's genius. He's doing yeah. this. Like you saying, yeah, here are the zombies eating people alongside the people consuming goods. Yeah. Is that his intention or is it just something <laughs> we yeah. go back and analyze? Yeah. We just, I always just... wonder that about movies. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely... <laughs> It's 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 hard to know, uh, yeah. yeah just, but that that's one thing about zombie movies that I I think is interesting, because um, zombies themselves are like so like plain and like the the concept is so like general and understood now, but so like a lot of these movies that actually work I feel like uh, do so by taking different angles at it like where where this one is kind of like playing to the element of humans maybe like mirroring zombies in a way of consumerism other movies like or TV shows like you ever watch The Walking Dead, yeah. Like some of the most exciting parts about that show are more about like the human drama that happens with like zombies as the backbone. So I f- I feel like zombies are this kind of cool monster that gives you a nice backdrop to kind of explore some of the human uh, ways of interacting or 
uh, or or be able to make like these commentaries on on the society and human culture and that kind of thing. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. And that's what this movie does well. And night of the living dead. Yeah. Yeah. I I also watched Night of the living dead again. So, so that, that one was supposed to be more about, um, what, what was the commentary in that one? You know, I need to look it up more. I think it was kind of a post, it was like a Vietnam thing. Oh, um, interesting. And a commentary on race with the black lead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's, that's pretty cool. If, yeah, I mean, hopefully it was purposeful on his part. Otherwise, it's just yeah. kind of funny that everyone's digging into it. Um, so the effects in this movie are another thing that are really renowned. What did you think of the effects? Um, I, I, I didn't think they were that great at all. I, I mean, like the, the blood was like super red and none of the, the body bodies they were eating were, were that great. But what, what do you mean it's renowned? They were considered really good effects. What? It's, did, you, uh, <laughs> did you think so? You know, I do kind of think so. I hear what you're saying, but for the time, and it's hard to look back now. Yeah. However many years later, 40 years later, but. There was a lot of gore in this movie, and it was all practical effects on a low budget. Yeah. And I think it looked pretty good for the most part. Um, so Tom yeah. Savini was the effects guy on this, mm-hmm. and he's become famous in the horror world. He'd go on to do Friday the 13th and I think quite a few other horror movies. Wow, because of this movie? Mm-hmm, yeah. Wow, no, good for him. And it, it's cool to think of it as all practical effects and him rigging up things and ways to do it that were all fairly cheap because this movie's low budget. Yeah, yep. There were 96... The death count was 96 in this movie. Oh. So are, he are was, they, like, definitely working. Are they including... Like, is it a death count if you, like, shoot a zombie? Because the zombie's already dead, so does that count as part of the death? I, I imagine they would count that, right, if they're at 96? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you, I'm pretty sure you see 96 zombies die. yeah. Yeah. Well, some are people. Some of that 96 is people. Sure. Yeah. A few people. A lot of zombies. But, um, he actually complained about that, too, that the blood turned out too red. Yeah. But George Romero liked it because he thought it gave it a comic booky feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really, like, jumped out to me, like, how red it was, like, especially in contrast with the rest of the, uh, the style of uh, shooting there. Yeah. Yeah, I think it gives it a cool style, mm-hmm. and it makes it a little easier to watch, because if this was as gory as it was with very realistic-looking blood, I think it would have been a more difficult watch. Yeah, I think you're right. It's kind of gory in a way that doesn't really make you upset, because it's so comic booky. Yeah, more stylized than, yeah, comic booky for sure. Yeah, no, that helps. I, I, I think you're right. You know, I don't think I appreciated the uh, graphics or the visuals. Just given where we are today, but I'm sure for its time it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, man, there's a lot of background on this movie. I feel like it's probably been covered thoroughly <laughs> in a lot of different venues. Yeah. But oh, the music. Mm-hmm. The music was by. A they band, were credited right? as the Goblins. Okay. And Dario Argento. And you, I know we've talked about Suspiria before. I don't think you've seen that one. I haven't. Dario Argento is the director of that, and the soundtrack for that is considered, or the score is considered one of the best horror scores, and that was by this band Goblin as well. Oh, for Suspiria, is it, that, that, that's considered one of the best horror scores? Yep. Interesting. 
Yeah. You know, are they making a remake of Suspiria? They are. I can't and, remember if that's this year or next year. Yeah, no, I, and I think the guy from Radiohead, Tom York, is going to be doing the, the soundtrack to it or, or just putting some of the music to it. So I, I remember seeing an article about that, but that, that's that's a pretty high bar to meet. If uh, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought these guys were pretty good for the most part. I, th- I thought the music was pretty cool. Some parts were like kind of cheesy, though, weren't they? Yeah, they didn't do all the music. There were just a few tracks. Oh, okay. Um, I think in the international releases, it was more of their music. I see. Okay. So Dario Argento, he's a renowned Italian horror director. He was a script consultant on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but George Romero said he really didn't do have any involvement in the script. It was all part of a deal where Dario Argento would help get the financing for the movie, and then he'd have international distribution rights. Oh, Interesting. Okay. And he like cut up the movie quite a bit differently. No kidding. So the international versions are pretty different. And he like wow. tried to take all the humor out of it to make it more scary. Wow. Oh my god. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder where we can get our hands on the international version. It was hard to just get your hands on this version. I know. Well, so I it was I, apparently it's on it was on YouTube, but the, the the version you pointed me to was a lot different than the first version I was watching. Uh, which is like even choppier and, and, and less uh, cohesive, but uh, oh, okay. yeah, like I, I couldn't find anywhere online to rent this. I mean, luckily YouTube had it for free, but otherwise, uh, yeah, you, you had to go to your local DVD store. Yeah, nice. I did. Yeah, there's nowhere to rent it. It's crazy. Yeah, and if you want to buy the DVD, I felt like it was like sixty bucks. Yeah, because it's like some kind of crazy cl- uh, collector's edition or something. Yeah. Um, was this, uh, was George Romero, his, was his first intro to, it was, or is this series his first, uh, like director, directorial debut? No. Um, well, Night of the Living Dead, I can't remember if that was his first movie or not. Yeah. He's done, shoot, I think he did stuff before that, but I can't remember now what the order was he's done other horror movies like there was one called Martin that I think was a vampire movie mm-hmm. and Season of the Witch was yeah, Witchcraft Creepshow creep too, which I, I haven't seen one or two I thought he did Creepshow as well oh probably yeah oh yeah he did you're right he did Creepshow that uh, was definitely that was the 80s yeah I feel, I feel like I've heard that name before Creepshow it's supposed to be a big one right yeah for sure that's a big um well, I've totally blanked on the name of those when it's many different short films. Oh, Tales of the Crypt? No, like a compilation, oh. like a Christmas horror story. An Why anthology? Think of what the, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, got it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I, I think, like, yeah, when I, when I look at his filmography, uh, Night of the Living Dead was his first movie. He was, like, the director, writer, editor, and he was actually an actor in that, which is interesting. Oh, I think he did have a cameo in that. He had a cameo in this, too. Oh, you're right. Dawn of the Dead. He was a, yeah, he was a TV director, huh? That's interesting. Yeah, he was one of the, uh, yeah, he was like a face you see in the newsroom. Oh, the okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. So yeah. he plays himself, or pl- plays a role a lot in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then, did you recognize, like, any of the other actors or actresses? I did not. Uh, they're... They're kind of no names, and that was the way it was with Night of the Living Dead, too. Yeah. And I think some of them went on to star in quite a few more horror movies. It was all kind of low-budget stuff, but yep. I don't think I found any of it notable. How about you? 
You know, I really recognized um, uh, Peter Washington, uh, Ken Foray is the actor. Uh, he, he just okay. he looked really familiar, but I don't know. Maybe I, I've seen like clips of this movie at some point because when looking at his filmography, I, I didn't recognize him from anything else. And I, I, didn't, I didn't think he was like a great actor, and I couldn't tell if that was like intentional or not. Um, but uh, yeah, I, there was just something that looked really familiar about him, and I couldn't place him. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely not the best actors in the world. Yeah. I don't think the acting was necessarily bad, but it wasn't wasn't the main draw of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 safe to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh any other background you wanna get out there before we move on? Um and, uh no, no. I've I've got you got a Cleveland connection for us or Ohio connection? You know, there's one in the plot, so I might skip it. Ooh, oh yeah, this is about the it, helicopter. It's not really in the plot. I'll, I'll just say it now. Yeah. <laughs> so as they're taking off in this helicopter, trying to escape from the city, they're trying to think of where to stop, and they suggest Cleveland is a possible place to stop and refuel. Yep. Yeah. Because I think this was happening in Philadelphia, or... Yeah. Or was it oh, Pittsburgh? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember them ever kind of mentioning uh, where they were at all. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know where that final mall is that they land at either. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, oh, Philadelphia. I guess they started in Philadelphia. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. And then it was filmed. It was filmed at least at the Monroeville Mall in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Oh. Okay. So this is, and this is actually a notable thing about the movie that is important it was filmed at this mall like i feel like that wouldn't happen today like they had this whole mall to themselves from like closing hours to opening the next morning oh yeah so it's not like shot in a studio or anything yeah that's pretty cool like a lot of the locals in the town were extras were zombies yeah oh that's awesome so the story behind the movie is pretty cool yeah yeah it's a really cool way to shoot it especially on a a low budget i'm surprised they got the uh the the mall for it that's great yeah for sure uh okay man anything else no i think you covered it okay cool well let's take a quick break i actually have to do some clothes shopping so i'm gonna head to the mall real quick Ooh, all right man don't forget those uh, coupons from the mill yeah thanks Okay, man, I'm back. All right. Did you get a? You get those? Uh, you find anything good at the mall? You know, it was actually really convenient. Next to the clothes store was a gun shop, so I was oh. able to get all my <laughs> ammunition shopping for the week taken yeah. care of. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, mall, malls in the '70s they they had guns, they had like cheese stores, <laughs> they had <laughs> all these candy stores. Yeah, they're pretty great. They had ice rinks. <laughs> yeah, that mall yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I was, like, um, wondering, is that... Because, like, the biggest mall in America, I think, is, like, the Great Mall of America or something, which is in Minnesota. Is that right? Yep. So Actually, I, I'm not sure if that's still the biggest. Oh. Maybe it is. Oh, yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I was, I was wondering where they found such a big mall, and I was wondering if that was the one they were at, but I don't know. I think this mall actually did have an ice rink in it. Wow. But... So I was making a joke about the fact that in this movie there's a gun store in the mall. 
which works out perfectly for the characters, but <laughs> that's that was actually shot elsewhere. That gun store didn't actually exist in that mall. Ah, uh, okay. And I tried to Google if any smalls did have guns and didn't really find anything. Yeah. <laughs> which seems like a bad idea. Yeah, to Google that. <laughs> yeah. Which mall can I go to? But yeah, I know. That's like combining like the worst of the worst. Yeah. Especially in today's environment. Okay, man. Well, you ready for me to uh, run through the plot? And you ready to help me out when I get things wrong? Like <laughs> I always do? I'll try. I'll try. This is a, a long movie. It was long. I don't think the plot is that complicated, though. So yeah. hopefully this, this yep. should be a breeze. Yeah. Um, okay, so we open with a bunch of chaos happening at some random local news station. They're covering this zombie outbreak that's just happened. Everybody's arguing with each other, and they're still on the air. Uh, it's just super disorganized. And this scene touches on something I really like about this movie is that I feel the dialogue between these talking heads is pretty realistic as to what would happen if there really was a zombie apocalypse, like mm-hmm. arguing about how to handle it and saying, you know, no emotion, we've got to kill all of them and other people saying you got to have some respect for the dead or... yep. I like that part of the movie. Yeah, that that really struck me as, like, surprising. Because when you turn on the news and see, like, that heated of a debate going on, where even, like, the audience or, like, the, the crew is, like, jumping in, there's, like, all this, like, shouting going on. So, I mean, I, I guess if an apocalypse or something like this happens, maybe that, that's what happens. But I've never seen anything like that before, and I was kind of, like, confused. Like, why why is, like, everyone, like, running around, like, screaming at each other? It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just really didn't understand, like, why they're so charged up. I mean, uh, th- th- that made sense to you? Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's a zombie apocalypse or anything. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, I, I thought they would just be sitting like, kind of stunned, like this guy's like saying, like, uh, this is what you got to do, and uh, this is what's going on. But, like, they're, like, yelling at each other pretty much. And, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's what happens. That's where things go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could just be more of a, like, stunned, shocked silence. Yeah. I, I'd say. Yeah, if, 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 like, there's a zombie apocalypse going on, someone's on TV, like, saying, like, yeah, this is how you kill them, this is what you do, I'd, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I've been listening, I've been taking notes. But uh, in this one, like, everyone's just kind of, like, shouting at each other on, on TV. It's just interesting. It was, like, a really heated live debate going on. One thing I thought was interesting was um, one of the things they were arguing about was I think the station director wanted to keep rolling through, like, on the bottom of the screen, they would list... Um, like safe places or something? Safe places, yeah, yeah, that the public could go to. Mm-hmm. And they had learned that a lot of these were no longer safe places and that it, they were run run over with zombies, but they yeah. were still rolling them. And one of our main characters, Francine, like pulled it from the air because she was like, you're committing murder if you're sending these people oh, yeah. to these places. And he was like, if we don't have those on the screen, people stop watching. Right, right. Which like, I could sadly see that. Yeah, happening. yeah, that's like the cor- corporate America kind of trying to get get you to to hooked onto their product and not, not caring about the consumer fi- consumer wellness and that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so that woman who stops that from showing up on the screen is one of our main characters, Francine, and we see this other guy, Stephen, come up to her and mention that he is going to steal a helicopter. The, like the station's helicopter from the roof and that she should join him. 
Um, so then we cut away from that chaotic newsroom scene and we see a scene where a SWAT team is about to raid a housing project. At some point in that news scene, they mentioned that citizens are being forced to no longer reside in private residences. Like they have to get to one of these safe places. Right. It seemed a little bit silly to me, but I guess it makes sense because you're just then zombies are spread out everywhere and you can't control what's happening or how this is spreading. Yep. Yep. So this SWAT team is about to raid a housing project um, who isn't budging. Yeah, and it's, it's. I mean, like this. This is. I thought this was a really interesting way to like kick off the movie with with that scene, and then um, this one. Like, there. I, I would have thought like today if you saw a movie like this that just like picks up in like this newsroom and like people panicking. I thought there would be like some kind of writing in in the in the beginning, like to like give you the background of like, oh, you know, like the day before like this breakout happened or this outbreak happened, and um, you know the, the, these events pick up at this time. But it's kind of interesting how it just kind of assumes the uh, the viewer is like knows what's going on already and, and throws you right into it, right? Without even like going into background around what's going on or what the zombie situation is. Yeah, I kind of like that they don't straight up spell it out. I feel like they give enough information in the news broadcast to yeah. give you the gist of what's going on. Yeah, I like that a lot too. That was good. So this SWAT team is reading this housing project and the people living here are kind of fighting back. So you get this really violent scene of people, the SWAT team killing people and the people firing back at the SWAT team. And then there's zombies in the mix too. Um, and there's some like a bit of racism here in that one of the SWAT team dudes like says some racial slurs and he just goes bonkers and just starts killing everybody in there. Yeah. Um, luckily he gets his, uh, but we get some gory zombie bites, and one of these SWAT dudes even kills himself just over what he's seeing and the state of things. Um, and throughout it all, we're kind of like the camera's on this one guy, Roger, who becomes a main character, and he meets Peter, and they kind of hit it off. And he says to Peter, Hey, one of my friends is getting me out of here with a helicopter. You should join me. And so that's how we get our four main characters, Roger, Peter, and Francine and Steven from the newsroom all together on this helicopter. Mm-hmm. So they get out of there. They're looking for fuel. They don't know what to do. Um, they think about they Cleveland. Fly. Yeah, they, they mention Cleveland. Thank God. <laughs> and there's one kind of cool scene that touches on something that was shown in Night of the Living Dead as well. There are they like fly over they're kind of like flying over the back country. Yeah. And one of them says, like, oh I bet the rednecks are loving this. And they show a bunch of country folk like partying and drinking beers and listening to music and just sitting out in lawn chairs picking off zombies. Oh, I totally forgot about that scene. That that was so random. But yeah, that was just kind of a shitty clip of like what was going on in the country. Yeah. And and George Romero said he felt like that would really be what happened uh, yeah. <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse, which I, I could see that. Yeah, they all got guns out there, right? <laughs> They're ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so they stop and refuel somewhere where we get a great scene of a zombie like approaching the helicopter, sneaking up on Francine. But as he like steps up to the helicopter, he's he's kind of on higher ground, and he gets his head like scalped by the helicopter blades. <laughs> yeah. I read that 
that was one of Tom Savini's friends who, like, they always tease for having a really low forehead. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> so, like, they could fit the fake, like, scalp on top of him without yeah. it looking weird. Ah, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think we have a friend that that would work really well for, too. Yeah. Talking about, <laughs> yeah. We're talking about that guy in Seattle? They're in yeah, California. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a scene where there's some kid zombies who are shot, which was kind of a, like, whoa, they went there. Yeah. I feel like you don't see that in a lot of zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Um, that one wasn't that one wasn't very graphic or anything. Um, and there's some tension here because during this whole scuffle with zombies while they're refueling, Stephen almost shoots Peter. Uh, he's Stephen's the guy who can fly the helicopter, and he's just kind of cocky and shooting his gun even though he has no idea what he's doing so eventually they come across this mall and decide to check it out and long story short they end up making it their sanctuary because they have everything they would ever need in this mall and there's kind of like an upstairs to the mall that's just like an apartment essentially above the mall where they stay Um, and this is where like they turn the power on and there's like a touch of humor with the zombies stumbling about on the escalator and falling over in the fountain as the water turns on um then we have some scenes of them raiding the mall for supplies and some zombie encounters and just throughout this whole movie there's just so many clips of zombies getting shot in the head (laughs) yeah zombies dying yeah it almost gets tedious yeah, I, I'd love to see if someone's, like, put together a compilation of, like, all the shots of zombies getting shot in the head in this one. I would love to see that as well. It'd probably be, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, like, a solid, like, yeah, 10% of this movie just watching that. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of having fun in the mall a little bit with, like, these zombies and trying to defeat them and get their supplies. They. Yeah build like a fake wall to in front of the stairwell that they that allows them to access this upstairs apartment and they get in and out through like a ventilation system right yeah yeah they really like a rope ladder right they they, yeah they put a pretty elaborate system into place and uh i I feel like they they stayed really busy in that mall like from secure securing it like running like special secret projects all over the mall like they they kind of had the whole thing down to themselves yeah for sure. Um, so once they get like that, they're in pretty good condition here, but the mall is full of zombies. So they decide to blockade the doors with some semi-trucks so no more zombies can get into the mall. Uh, and they do this by having Roger and Peter, the two SWAT team guys, go out there and drive the semis around in the zombie-crowded parking lot. So this is kind of a daring effort. And Roger gets way too cocky and reckless. Oh, my God. He's just, like, almost going crazy, and Peter, like, smacks him to try to smack some sense into him. Yeah. Uh, does he smack him or shake him? I can't remember. I probably smacks him. Peter's the type of guy who would smack him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Night of the Living Dead, it was controversial because the black guy who was the lead in that, there's a scene where he's, like, smacking this white lady to smack oh. some sense into her. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Roger ends up getting himself bit because he's just being cocky and careless. Mm-hmm. 
So then he's like seriously injured in the days after this, but he's hanging in there. And to me, this kind of spelled out a big theme in the movie too, of like human nature. Like the characters kind of had it made in the shade. Yeah. I mean, they still had to like dodge the zombies if they wanted to go into the mall, but they like did this huge daring thing just to make their situation perfect. Mm -hmm. And it made their situation like we're never happy. We're always trying to like yeah. onto the next thing. How can we make our lives better? Yeah, that was like most of the movie. It's like you know they they land in the small. They they have like a nice room to themselves. They're safe, but like within like ten minutes, like those the, the two guys, uh, Peter and Roger, like oh let's run down in the mall and like get all the stuff we want. And then and then like the whole movie, like they're just kind of like running around like getting things and doing fancy stuff. So I, I feel like that's where this uh, theme of like consumerism comes into play where th these guys are never like content to stay in one place they always wanted to yeah keep getting more and more and amassing more uh more goods in that place yeah yeah i take back my doubts about this really <laughs> yeah, yeah thick commentary on consumerism yeah no, i know i hadn't thought about it in that way too but it's interesting that you, you picked up on that too because I, I thought like so much of what they were doing was so unnecessary yeah for sure and they like furnished their apartment well like <laughs> oh, yeah yeah. They yeah, they had enough. They had enough and they wanted more. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um and, and so even now, oh in in the beginning I feel like uh it was it was the two of them that were like kind of out and about and then the the pilot uh, the the guy they start calling Flyboy uh, he, he was like kind of cautious about it. He's like, you know, those two guys, what are they doing? And then, uh, the, even the, the, the female lead was also, I mean, she was like kind of against it in the beginning, but towards the end of the movie, I feel like she was also starting to get really bought into like, you know, lipsticks and like, you know, wearing like really nice clothes and nice meals and stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's some development there. And I think it's also like a way to comfort yourself in times like this. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I would totally do the I'll, same thing. At some point along the way here, Francine has mentioned she's pregnant. Right. And Peter s offers to abort it for her because he says he knows how. Which I felt was so stupid. Like, it just was so weird of, and creepy of a thing for him to say. And it, like, didn't yeah. make sense to me with this character. Like, yeah. he's the most logical of everybody. Interesting. But isn't the logical thing to do during um, a zombie attack uh, would been I feel like to I, I, maybe would have been to have I mean would you want to bring a baby in, into like especially when like your life is in danger like uh, you don't think that was coming from a place of logic? I think that well I can understand why someone would feel that way for him. It just doesn't make sense to me that this SWAT team dude knows how to perform oh. <laughs> a, like, black market abortion. Yeah, yeah. And that's true. And is, like, offering to do it. It just, I don't know. I think they were trying to do something there, but that, f that felt weird to me. Yeah, yeah. That felt weird that he would know that. For sure. Uh, but it turns out, like, later on in the movie, I feel like he, like, says some things where you get the sense he's coming from a spiritual or, like, more of a witchcraft kind of background woods didn't he say something like his uncle used to tell him that like when hell fills up all the the dead are just going to hang out here and I, I feel like he references like kind of growing up in uh, um more of a spiritual way so I, I don't know if that ties to an abortion or anything i can't remember yeah i don't know it's 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 it's, it's a strange but yeah you're right it, it doesn't make sense that his character would be an abortion specialist 
Yeah, and that's um, we'll talk more about it in when we do the review. Yeah, but the character development was a bit of a problem in this movie. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, now they're on a mission to like clear the mall of zombies because they've blocked the doors, so no more can get in. And they end up like driving some car through the mall. I feel like back in the day there would be cars randomly parked in the middle of the mall. Like, yeah. I don't know if it was like prizes for a raffle or like oh, yeah, advertisement for a dealership. I think you're right. I think it was okay. a prize for for a raffle. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. I, I can't remember why, but I know I definitely remember seeing cars parked <laughs> in the mall. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. on display. Yep. So they end up getting in this car and just like mowing down these zombies because as we mentioned, they've found a gun store in the mall and they're just armed to the teeth. Uh, so this is another scene of just zombies getting gorily destroyed. Um, and so they succeed in this and the mall is zombie free. And then we get a montage, mama montage of them, (laughs) like just having fun. Yeah. Peter cooks Francine and Steven like a nice dinner and pretends to be the waiter. And Francine's ice skating. They're playing arcade games. Francine's giving Steven a haircut at this like actual barbershop. Um, but then at this point, so I noted it was an hour and a half into the movie, mm-hmm. and I just felt things were moving really slowly. Yeah, yep. Um, like the still, it, it, nothing had started to unravel yet. And an hour and a half is how long Night of the Living Dead was. That was the running time of that movie. Right. So it's starting to feel long to me. Yeah. Um, so all this time, Roger's getting sicker and sicker, and eventually... On Peter's watch, he just gets up out of his bed, and he's become a zombie. Mm-hmm. So you don't see Peter kill him, but you just hear a gunshot, and Francine and Stephen from the other room just kind of have this look on their face. Like yeah. They know what just happened. I thought that was a real tasteful way to show, like, that, yeah, they know what's happened. And, but that yeah, was actually yeah that, that was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the beginning... When they first get into the mall, Francine insists that she should be taught how to fly the helicopter in case anything happens to Steven and they need to get out of there. They just have the helicopter parked on the roof of the mall. Um, And while Steven is giving her a flying lesson, some motorcycle gang who's kind of just roaming around sees this and they make a plan to ransack the mall because they figure if someone's here, there's, you know, probably good stuff to be had at the mall. So they come in, and they are just, like, comically rowdy. And they're, as we mentioned before, like, whipped cream pieing zombies in the face. (laughs) And hooting and hollering and shooting everywhere. And one of these motorcycle dudes is Tom Savini, the special effects guy. Oh, wow. Yeah. He did the effects, he acted in this movie, and he was a stuntman. Wow. I guess guess when you have, like, such a low-budget movie like this, everyone's playing a... They have has their hand in everything. Yeah, it sounded like this movie was just everybody like hustling their butts off. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be fun. Um, and so I think the motorcycle gang like radios in or walkie talkies into them somehow, so they know that they're coming and they mm-hmm. see them coming, and they say like, "Hey, they just want the stuff. They don't care about us, probably, but let's not make it easy for them." 
So I think maybe their intention was to go like lock up all the stores so they couldn't get to the goods. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a pretty stupid decision. Stephen and Peter go down there. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't just like hide out. Yeah, it was a really dumb. Decision. And that's another like greed. Like I don't want them to touch all our stuff and oh, like, yeah. take some of this stuff. Yeah, you even might be- though I'm sure if the mo- the motorcycle gang couldn't take enough to like really affect what these people had like and they're on motorcycles they're now three people living off of everything in the mall what'd you say they're on motorcycles it's not like they got a station wagon or or something to pack stuff in (laughs) they can only carry so much yeah 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 that's a really interesting uh way of looking at it because yeah you're right they they didn't have to be down there defending anything they could have just kind of let these guys come grab some stuff and get out of there yeah so they're down there in the mall, like, trying to hide out while they're watching this motorcycle gang. Mm-hmm. And Steven gets pissed and just stupidly starts shooting at this biker gang. And there's, like, a hundred of them. So now we've got a gunfight between, like, this hundred bikers and Peter and Steven. Yeah. And and in this montage, it's kind of a gunfight, but we get some, like, gory zombie deaths and some of the bikers are being torn up by zombies there's this one scene that's become kind of renowned in horror circles where a biker just like stops to get his blood pressure checked with oh, yeah. some <laughs> blood pressure machine and ends up getting his arm yeah. like torn away from it and his arm's still just like sitting there in the machine bleeding. Yeah. No uh, longer attached to him. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was pretty crazy. And then there's a scene where a dude gets like his intestines torn out and eaten by these zombies. Yeah, that was one definitely one of the more, more gory uh, scenes of the movie. It was pretty gory, and I've read yeah. that that was cow intestines. Ooh, wow! Which Those... makes it even more gross. So that they had actual intestines on on stage, or in, in the shooting. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's, that's a long way to go. Uh, so anyway, in the shuffle, Stephen is like trying to run away and run back to their hideout, and he gets shot in the arm by one of these bikers, and that kind of weakens him and throws him off, and he ends up getting cornered by zombies and that's it for his for steven mm-hmm. um then peter i think peter comes back and yeah they're like waiting for mm-hmm. steven to come back right francine and peter yeah uh though i I, th- I feel like at this point um uh peter uh kind of knows that steven's been compromised or, or like shot or like eaten a little bit yeah i think peter knows he's as good as gone yeah but francine is watching the door and she sees him come through as a zombie and he kind of leads the other zombies because he, he remembers like you know where they are and where they go yeah so, so he like somehow be- remembers that this wall that put up is just a false wall and he like is scratching at it so yeah. all the other zombies start scratching at it and it collapses um so Francine's all shaken up by it, and Peter steps in to kill Stephen, zombie Stephen. And Francine's like, okay, we got to go, and she's about to head at the roof to fly out of there. And Peter says, like, he's not going to leave. He doesn't want to leave. Yeah. And so he then, like, goes into a room where he's about to get cornered by zombies and puts a gun to his head. Like, he's just going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. 
And then he gets a last minute change of heart and starts like fighting back. Yeah. And they play some like really cheesy music when oh, that happens. God. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he's his fighting back, he's like beating them up and stuff, right? He's like punching them and throwing them across yeah, the and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like, like a all really rocky. corny action movie, like yeah. fighting back scene. Yeah. Um, and so it ends with them both on the helicopter and. Oh, I can't remember what the quote is. She, I think she's like, Peter asked her, how much fuel do we have? And Francine's right. like, not much. And he's like, all right. And then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of like a cliffhanger right there. They're just out there. Yeah, for sure. The original script had them both committing suicide. In the helicopter or like in, Which in the... Which would have been dark. Peter like shoots himself. Wow. Like he was about to do, and then Francine like goes up to the roof and starts getting surrounded by zombies, and then like purposely sticks her head up into the into the blades helicopter blades. Wow! Yeah. Oh my god, that would have been a total different ending. Yeah, and super dark. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you remember that scene at the beginning when the SWAT team's raiding the project housing? that dude who's like the racist asshole like kicks in a door and just shoots this guy in the head and his head blows up. Yeah. Yep. The head that they used was a, a mold of Francine's head that they were going to use in that helicopter scene. Oh, really? Had she stuck her head into the helicopter? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they just, they put just her... made it up to look like this dude and well, yeah. filled it up with a bunch of goop and they actually shot it with a shotgun. Oh my God. <laughs> That's crazy. That's that's a good use of... Uh, I, I'm glad there's still able to use that. Yeah, yeah. We got this head. Let's use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So, yeah. It's, and, and then the, the next movie doesn't pick up on, on these guys at all, right? No. A whole new setting. Yeah. Okay. So what happens to uh, uh, Francine and Peter? No one knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think of this movie, man? You know, I I think it's a uh, like as as we kind of talked through it, I uh, I think there was and, and like as you you know kind of talk about George uh, uh, Romero, um, I I do think there were like a lot of things buried in this movie. Like uh, it's awesome that you know he invented this new kind of monster, and um, I, I think this the setting like in the mall was really good. Uh, and if I, I think there are like some certain themes here, like that, that consumerism thing. I feel like those are race things too. If, if you're saying in Night of the Living Dead, that he kind of made it, it was controversial because it had a, 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 you know, a black actor as a lead. And this one, I felt like there was some kind of racial tones in the beginning too, where you had that racist SWAT, uh, cop. And then they were also like in a heavily, you know, like African American, like uh, slum kind of house. Right. Yeah. The project housing they mentioned was like heavily African American, Puerto Rican. Yeah. So, I mean, like, do you think that was uh, an intention there that, you know, he was trying to, like, you think he was trying to draw parallels between, like, what was happening in the 60s and 70s and trying to make this movie, like, relevant uh, as, as a piece in, in that sense? Yeah, I think so. I think he's just good at, like, showing the, like, flaws in human nature and, like, all the stupid things we do in general. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and it, it's kind of that's a whole like kind of new level for like a zombie. Well, I, I mean, back then this was like a new thing, but that, that, that's pretty sophisticated. Right, and then that like became a staple in zombie movies. Like, yeah, like The Walking Dead is just like full of human like error and drama. Yeah, exactly, and and that's like the scary part about a zombie is like the dumb things that we do. One of the things that people kept saying in this movie that I think became a theme 
was in, in the beginning when that reporter is like on the TV or something, he's saying uh, that human weakness was about not being rational. And then I feel like later on in the movie too, they're watching TV or something and they keep talking about, you know, we got to stay logical. We got to be rational. And I think the zombies are somehow like representing when we're not logical or rational or something did, did you pick up on that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it's a little bit of like, who are the zombies? Like we're just going through the motions and not really like sitting back and thinking Yeah. about what we're doing. Right. Yeah. We're just going, yeah, exactly. These we are like behaviors that we do without thinking or like these mindless zombies that are just, you know, in, in these habits. Uh, and yeah, we're like zombies to our like greed and ambition and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And habits. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I, I feel like that's a pretty, it's it's a pretty ambitious uh, movie in that sense, where they, they they really made a pretty powerful commentary on our culture through yeah. the use of zombies in a shopping mall. Yeah. What did what, what did For you sure. what did you think? I really like that about it, um, the commentary. Even though I yeah <laughs> I'm. Feel like I'm flip flopping because I was like, well, was there much commentary? <laughs> Are we looking um, at this too much? It's possible. But I loved. Uh, I think. I don't know. I, I guess it's like almost like what is commentary to me? Like I just thought it was a good study of human nature. Yeah. Um. So I really like that about it. I love the mall setting. It's just such a cool idea. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And just the way it was shot was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the effects and the gore, just because it was like. For the practical effects and low budget and the amount of gore there was, I thought it was well done. Mm-hmm. And I like the comic book styling and, like, the bright red blood makes it a little bit less intense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like when I first saw this movie, I, like, loved it. Mm-hmm. But it was a little tempered for me this time because I didn't think the characters were really well developed. Like, Francine was pregnant and that didn't really end up being a plot point yeah yep um we don't necessarily know too much about the characters or see them have any like big sweeping changes or realizations yeah or development and i also thought that it's really dragged for certain stretches sure it was two hours and five minutes or something like that yeah yep and it was a pretty straightforward plot so a lot of it was just Mm -hmm. long long stretches of like zombie violence or like Mm -hmm. montages of them hanging out in the mall yeah i feel like a lot of the middle like there's like a good half hour chunk that could have been cut out because like we 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 get it you're in a mall you're having a good time you're doing these fun projects or whatever we we don't need to be seen every time yeah yeah so i i just found it a little bit boring this go around yeah sure which sounds crazy because it's such a like over the top violent gory movie (laughs) yeah but after a while, I kind of was just like, okay, yeah, another zombie's head exploded. Yeah, I mean, zombies like themselves are, are kind of boring. Um, I mean, they're, they're like very slow. Uh, so, somehow they manage to creep up on you, which it always surprises me. But they, they're just like, they're not that interesting of a, of a monster. And it, it is always like, it's always, I feel like, more interesting to watch like how humans are reacting to it and, and the story there. But um, yeah, it's, it's zombies themselves are kind of, kind of boring and kind of a drag. And one way the zombie effects weren't great was that for, like, the, the extra zombies, ones who weren't, like, featured prominently in a certain shop, yeah. they were just painted gray. Oh. <laughs> just, like, people painted gray. And it yeah. lo- ended up looking kind of blue on screen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So that looked a little cheesy, just, like, yeah. a bunch of gray people shuffling. Yeah. 
Um, did you like? Did you think it was scary at all? No, I didn't. And I thought <laughs> Night of the Living Dead was really scary. Yeah. I, that was another thing I didn't love about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, How I, about you? I, I agree. This one came off more as like action versus uh, scary. Yeah, it was just like there were hordes and hordes of zombies they were shooting at. Yeah. And not like tension or suspense yeah. as much as night. Yeah, exactly. You know what I think makes a zombie movie, uh, like some of the more effective zombie movies have been like uh, The 28 Days Later or um, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, what, do you have a favorite zombie movie? Uh, I really like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of similar here. Uh, but th- there have been a few where, like, in 28 Days Later, like, they they run around and, like, they'll run after you. Like, they're pretty fast-moving zombies. And I feel like that's always, like, if you want a scary zombie movie, I feel like you got to make them, like, quick. Because th- then it's, like, yeah. they can, like, come from nowhere and just, like, kind of hunt you down. I appreciate the scariness of, like, the slow shuffle and then, like, eventually outnumbering you. Yeah. I think there's definitely something scary in that, but I think that 28 later, twenty eight Days Later was really scary for that reason, the yeah. fast moving. It the was fast intense. Movie. Yeah. I liked that. I, I just don't get it. If, if they're so slow, like, how, like, in this movie, there's so many times where, like, they see them coming from a distance and then they're just kind of staring at them and... You know, and somehow, like, they still, like, get trapped. I mean, when I see these slow zombies, I was like, how are people, fall, like, falling to them? But I guess it's, like, that claustrophobia of, like, like a bunch of them kind of just showing up and slowly coming down on you. Yeah, and, like, the relentless, the relentlessness. They just are never going to stop. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, I thought the dialogue was kind of weak in this. Did you like the dialogue at all? Uh, I didn't think it was horrible, actually. Uh, um but I just thought that it was all kind of, like, useless to an extent. Like, <laughs> never really, the characters never really went anywhere. Yeah. had any, like, huge connections. Yeah. So I didn't necessarily think it was bad, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't critical good, or anything. Yeah. It didn't, like, carry the yeah. movie or anything. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't important. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think right. I think character development, dialogue, uh, none of that was really uh, big in this movie or a core part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it was, it was a, I, th- I think it was an interesting watch, and it's, it's 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 so cool, like how impactful this has been, like since the decades that have followed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, what do you think? Zero to five confused escalator zombies. <laughs> you know, it's weird to see like a horror movie that takes on, com- like social commentary as as uh, strong as this one did, and do so in a pretty interesting way that can have a conversation or a dialogue uh, like 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 we just had so for that and, and, and not as a scary movie but like you know as as uh as as using the scary movie device to to bring about these kind of issues i think i would give like three and a half uh clumsy startled zombie on a on a stairway yeah me too that's exactly what i had three and a half yeah for, for those things i too. feel like when i first watched it it was like a four and a half to me but <laughs> yeah yeah I'm temperate now Age age does that to us. Yeah, I'm just jaded. <laughs> yeah, I know. The best we can hope for these days is threes. <laughs> <laughs> Being in your thirties now. <laughs> ever, ever, yeah, my best day is at three. <laughs> yeah, the whole skill has changed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else, buddy? No, no, great, great pick, man. This is this is a fun one. I mean, it, it was long, and I, you know, looking at the time uh, going into it, I was gonna, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be a real drag, but. Surprisingly, it didn't feel too long, as long as I thought it would be. 
I, I think it was, it was a fun watch. Good. Cool. Alrighty. Well, that's all for this episode, listeners. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion of Dawn of the Dead. And if you want to join the discussion, we encourage you to follow Horror Movie Club Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Horror Movie Pod on Twitter. Or check out our website, horrormovieclub.com. Shoot us an email at podcastorhorrormovieclub.com. Um, and be sure to check Facebook or Twitter for next week's movie in case you want to watch beforehand. Um, also, our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. You can just search Amy Mae Popart. And until next time, if you see somebody covered in gray paint walking down the street, uh, maybe just keep your distance. <laughs> Unless you've got a cream pie handy. <laughs>